Are you ready for God's word today? Let's hold up the word of God in here. Father, this is why we're here. We're here to hear your word. We're here to grow in your word. It's, we're here to learn to be more like Jesus. Give us ears to hear. Your word is the bread of life. It's food for our soul. Today we feast on that food in Jesus' name. Amen. This is week four of a series called The Unseen World. I want to encourage you to take out your notes that are in your weekend guide. Week one, we talked about spiritual warfare. We talked about how if we could open our spiritual lives, we'd realize that there is an entire spirit realm that is happening all around us that is just as real as what we're seeing in this place, real flesh and blood. The spirit realm is real. And it's important for us to recognize that and then tap into what God wants to do in the supernatural realm for us as believers. We serve a supernatural God. Can you say amen to that? But you see, so many Christians, they don't engage in spiritual warfare. We too, we talked about the Holy Spirit, the power of walking a spirit-filled life, what the Holy Spirit does, who he is, and what he brings to us. One of the Trinity, is the Holy Spirit needs to be embraced by all of us. Week three, last week, we talked about Satan and his demons. The battle's real, but the battle's already been won. I love that song, this is how we fight our battles. The battle's been won. We fight through prayer. We fight through worship. We fight through reading God's word. We fight with the Holy Spirit on our side, engaging us in what God is doing. The enemy thinks he's a winner. Just remind him when he torments you to read the end of the book. You know, he may think he may win a battle here or there, but you know, look at the end of the book because he's gonna be thrown into the bottomless pit forever and ever. That's his destiny. He knows that. Today, I'm excited. We're going to be talking about angels. A lot of people, they're like just really intrigued by the subject about angels, angels among us. What do angels do? What is their purpose? Who are they? And so often in today's culture, just culture in general, they try to do things, even in the movies, to try to depict what angels are. How many saw angels in the outfield? Don't you love the end of that movie? The angels are helping this sorry team win. And they're all the kids, ooh, they're doing that thing. I was at the game yesterday. I'm like, I think I'm gonna do that thing, you know? <laughs> but we didn't need to because we dominated right from the beginning. I'll, I'll leave that alone. Um, a Christmas movie, It's a Wonderful Life. Isn't Clarence just a wonderful angel? And then when you hear the ding, what, you, what, what just happened? Got angel got his wings. Great movie. That's not what angels really do, though. There's no real ding in angels getting their wings. How many of you used to watch the show Touched by an Angel? Well, come on, Christians. If you don't watch it, Google that. Look it up on YouTube, whatever. One of my favorite shows of all time. It's a show about these angels that were living among us. In each episode, they would go into a crisis situation. And in this crisis situation, they begin to minister to the people. And they never knew who they were, what was going on. Five minutes before the show ended every week, what happened? Hello, I'm Pastor Glenn. I'm an angel sent by God. I've come to minister to you. Accept the Lord, believe in the Lord. He's on your side, you can do it, you can win and not lose. God is with you, trust in the Lord. All right, that's it, that's all I got for that. <clears throat> but. I always look forward to that part. I always wanted to do that, so thanks for letting me get that off my bucket list, doing that. 
But that's not what angels, you know, necessarily do either. You know, some people, they think that, and they put it in their house. They think that when you die, you become this fat, bald baby playing the harp, and you're naked. Now, listen, I'm looking forward to eternity. I'm, lo I'm really looking forward to my glorified body. And my glorified body is not a bald, fat, naked baby floating around with a heart. Okay? I just want you to know that. That's not who an angel is. An angel is not one of your dead relatives. Some people, they think that my relative now becomes an angel, and then they're looking over me. I mean, it's, it sounds good, but that biblically, that's not what an angel is. So what are angels? Angels are created spiritual beings by God, for God's glory. They're so fierce, strong, large, that they can kill thousands of people in a moment. But yet, they can be so gentle to care for a sweet little baby. Angels. There's times that angels can show up as human beings. It says that in scripture. Hebrews chapter 13, verse two. It says, do not forget to entertain strangers. For by so doing, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. Do you believe God's word? Do you believe it? Today we're gonna to be looking at all these different examples in scriptures. We're gonna talk about who angels are, what their purpose are, the different types of things that they do for you and for me. So many people, because they don't understand it or maybe they didn't experience it for themselves, they just don't believe it. We can't look at God's word and believe what we want and tear out the pages that we don't. And so we're gonna talk about the supernatural realm of angels. So who are they? They're created by God, for God. Angels are basically created for three things in particular. In your notes, the first thing, angels are worshipers. Angels are surrounding the presence of God, always worshiping him. Hebrews chapter one, verse six, it says, and then, when he presented his honored son to the world, God said, let all the angels of God worship him. John, in the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter five, starting in verse 11, it says, then I look and I heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the, the throne. In a loud voice, they sang, Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth, wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Last week, we sang the Revelation song. Sometimes people say, oh, that's an old song. We need to do that again. I love doing that song. Why do I love doing that? Because we're gonna be singing that in eternity. Angels are singing that for eternity around the presence of God. Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor, glory and praise. Angels are worshipers. The second thing in your notes, angels are, they are warriors. There's several examples that I'm gonna give you here in the Old Testament where they're fierce warriors battling on behalf of God for his purpose. We talked about it in Daniel chapter 10 a few weeks ago when we studied how Daniel had been praying for 21 days. And then finally, My Michael, the archangel, came, handled the prince, and fought the battle 
for Daniel there in, in Daniel chapter 10. In 1 Chronicles chapter 21, we see where David looked up to the heavens and the angels were there and they were going to destroy the Israelites. And there they were and there was a mighty sword that was drawn from heaven and they were suspended between heaven and earth. And God said, have mercy on them, have compassion on them. And it said the angels put their sword away and obeyed what God had to say and they were spared. Second Kings chapter 19, verse 35, we see it says that that night the angel of the Lord went out and put to death 185,000 men in the Assyrian camp, fighting the enemy, fighting on behalf of God. Angels are so real. Revelation chapter 12, verse seven, it says, and there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought back. There's a battle there between the mighty angels of God and the, the evil one's angels, which are the demons. Guess who wins that battle every single time? The angels of God win the battle. They're mighty, fierce warrior angels. That battle on behalf of God, that battle on behalf of you. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Amen. Wrap your mind around that. The next thing, angels, they're messengers. Messengers. Over and over we see in Scripture where angels go before men and they appear and they bring peace and they bring direction and they bring comfort and they stir people up. We see this example in the book of Judges in the Old Testament where Gideon was hiding in a cave, fearful of the Midianites because he just knew in his heart that he was going to be destroyed by the Midianites. And he was hiding there. And there was an angel there in Judges chapter 6, verse 12. It says, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Fearful, afraid, hiding. An angel appears and says, mighty warrior. I want to speak that over you today. Some of us, you get discouraged. Oftentimes, you walk in fear. You walk in doubt. I want to proclaim the truth of what God is saying over all of us. With God, all things are possible. He's for you. If he's for you, who can be against you? Men and women of God, you are mighty warriors on behalf of the kingdom of God. Walk in the strength and the power that God has gifted you with. And then it says that Gideon went out with his small army and destroyed all of the Midianites because God was with them and the warrior angels were there as well. We see in Luke chapter one, God appears before a small teenage girl and shares something that was absolutely critical that changed the very course of mankind, history, and eternity forever. And we see that in Luke chapter one, starting in verse 30. It says, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to Jesus give birth to a son and you're going to give him the name Jesus. Powerful moment. Can you imagine a small, innocent, sweet teenage girl and an angel comes and says, guess what? You're pregnant. What would you think as a teenage girl? Oh my goodness. So often we, we have fear in our hearts and God says, fear not. I'm with you. You will give birth to our Savior named Jesus. So what do angels do? In your notes, number one, angels give you direction. 
As we're looking at that story with Mary and how that transpired and the Holy Spirit had impregnated this virgin girl, can you imagine what the circumstances that would happen right after that? She had to go tell Joseph about this moment. Picture this, man. I, you know, as I was preparing this, I thought, what would I have done if Elaine, when we were dating, came and said, hey, Glenn, I'm so excited. I'm pregnant. I'm thinking, I just kissed you on the cheek. What's up with that? I didn't learn that in health class. What's going on, girl? But think about Joseph. Here he is. He's a man. And she said, Joseph, I'm pregnant, but I'm pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And here's Joseph. What am I going to say to my boys, my friends? Hey, guys, my wife's pregnant. And the guys are like, hey, hey, where'd it go? Joseph. No, no, not what you're thinking. It's not what you're thinking. It was the Holy Spirit. Oh, oh. It was to the point where God had to send his messenger to Joseph. We see in Matthew chapter one, verse 20, this encounter. And it says, and the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid. I love that. When the angels come, they relax. Don't be afraid. It's okay. Don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because she is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Listen, it took an angel to come before Joseph. And when the angel came, it changed everything. It changed how he felt. It changed the very course of his life. And he knew that God was going to use him in a, in a powerful way. And it started by a messenger from an angel. There are angels among us as well. I mean, just think about that. It's hard to wrap your mind around it, but it's true. There's another example in the Old Testament in Numbers chapter 22. We see the story of Balaam. Balaam and his donkey. I'm gonna tell and finish the story as we read this, but what a great story this is. As we look at Balaam and his donkey in Numbers chapter 22. It says, Balaam got up in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the princess of Moab. But God was very angry when he went. And the angel of the Lord stood on the road to oppose him. Balaam was riding on his donkey, and his two servants were with him. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with his sword drawn in his hand, she turned off the road into a field. As the story went on, the donkey stopped the first time. Balaam gets off his donkey and whips his donkey. Let's go. We're going to a place. We got to get there. We're on a schedule. Let's move. Gets back on the donkey. The second time, the donkey runs into the side of a mountain and jams his leg into the mountain. Balaam's even more mad. Gets off at the donkey. Beats that donkey. It's sad. I mean, that could have been a cat, but it's a donkey. <laughs> joking. I'm just joking. I know. I know. I, they told me not to do that. I love you. That's it. I won't do that anymore. That was just two weeks. All right. Beats the donkey. Gets back on the donkey. And the angel stands before Balaam and the donkey. And the donkey literally goes down and bows down before the angel. Balaam gets off and beats that donkey again and harder. To the point where the donkey was given the opportunity to share what was on his heart. He had a Mr. Ed moment right there with the donkey. 
And the donkey was like, what's going on? I'm your friend. Why are you beating on me, Balaam? We're here. I'm protecting you. It's not where God went. And God opened Balaam's eyes, and there was the angel of the Lord protecting him from going to the place that God did not want him to go. It says that Balaam bowed with his donkey before the angel. How often do we just want to beat down a closed door because that's what we want to do? How about thinking about that may be God's way of protecting you from hurt, from a really bad relationship, for maybe a business dealing that is only going to cost you a whole bunch of money, or maybe a job that is not God's best for you, but it's what you think you want. Understand this. God knows you better than you know yourself. He knows what's best for you better than you know yourself. I look at decisions I didn't make in relationships, jobs, opportunities. God was protecting me from those things that could have literally destroyed my life and taken my life a completely different direction. Understand, when you have a closed door, thank God for that closed door. Understand that God's timing is perfect and God's will is perfect. And when you get in the middle of that, I can look back and I can say, God, thank you, Jesus, that I got out of that relationship. Thank you, Jesus, that I did not take that job. Thank you, Jesus, I didn't move across the country for that job. Thank you, Jesus, I'm right where you want me to be. Open the door or close the door, and God will do that. Amen? Next thing that angels do in your notes, angels protect you from danger. Psalm chapter 91, verses 11 and 12, it says, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in your ways. They will lift you in their hands that you will not strike your foot against the stone. We see throughout scripture where there were angels that were protecting people. We see in Acts chapter 12 where Peter was locked up in prison and there was an angel that literally went into prison and got him out of that. We see it in chapter 12, verses seven and eight. It says, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and the light of shone upon the cell. He struck Peter on the side, woke him up, said, quick, get up. Can you imagine? You're in jail, sleeping. You're bound up with chains and you get an angel. Hey, wake up, come on, let's go. What? What's going on? Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and your sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. The angel told him, then Peter came to himself and said, now I know without a doubt that the Lord sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches. Now he knew without a doubt that God sent his angel to rescue him from prison and out of Herod's clutches. God does miraculous, miraculous things. There's angels that can be happening. I, I don't have a bunch of angel stories in my life, but I have one. I've told it before, but a lot of you probably haven't heard this. When I was 23, Elaine and I were in our first year of marriage, and her parents needed some help. They needed us to move something. So I went to my dad. He had this junkie van, and I just said, Dad, can I borrow the van? I need to go help Mr. and Miss Lewis with this move and whatever was happening with that. Three hours away. Now, this was, my goodness, 30 years ago. So here we are 30 years ago, US 19, once it went past Hudson, there was like nothing there, nothing between that. And then you had the naked fish, wiki-wachi, you know, right there. That was a big deal when I was a kid, just so you know. Um, mermaids, yes, naked fish, yeah, mermaids, whatever, sorry. Thank you, cat lady, appreciate that. 
So we did the move. We were on our way back, and we hear boom, 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 boom. And I'm like, this van, I can't believe this. And looked over, I said, I think we have a flat tire. I pulled over, and I did the Christmas story thing that every guy does. I'm like, Elaine, I got this. You just sit still. So I went in the back of the van, got the spare tire out, and I start looking around, I'm thinking, where's the jack? And so I'm pulling things up, I'm stripping this van apart, there's no jack in the van. So then everything changed. Now this was a long time ago, I was a very immature 23-year-old carnal person, all right? God was working on me. I didn't swear, don't worry, I didn't swear. But I'm like, Elaine, there's no jack. What are we supposed to do? So she got out, she's, look, she, yeah, there's no jack. And, and I'm like, what are we gonna do? She goes, well, let's just wait. And so we stood next to the, our, our spare tire. We're just looking, nobody's coming by. 10 minutes we wait. 15 minutes, we, nobody's coming by. So I did the spiritual thing and I said, you know what, forget this. There's no cell phones. There's no pay phones anywhere near us. Google pay phone, this area, Google pay phone. Uh, and she said, Glenn, why don't we pray? I'm like, what good's that gonna do? There's nobody here. And I said, let's just stand here some more. And we stood there, 10 more minutes. I'm like, what are we supposed to do? She said, let's just pray. And I did what so many guys, listen, I did the cop out, a lot of guys do this. I said, well, I'll just agree. And she prays this, God, you're a protector. God, you're gonna do something here. You're, I trust you, you're gonna show up. And she said a beautiful prayer, amen. And I looked at her and went, amen. And I was so brave and such a sweet guy, I just went and I sat on my spare tire on the side of the road and I put my head down. And I'm just like, I can't believe this. Unbelievable. Dad, why would you send me to North Florida with no jack. Elaine's just over praying. I'm thinking, did I marry the Virgin Mary here? What's going on? <laughs> God, this is unbelievable. And right then, as I'm sitting there like a baby, sulking with my spare tire, an 18-wheel truck pulls up right next to us. And I got up and I went, hey, good prayer. Look. <laughs> Went over, guy gets out of his truck. He goes, looks like you got a problem, young man. I said, yes, sir, I do, I have a problem. And he, he said, well, I'll change that. I got a jack right here, put his power jack under the car. I was down there, hey, he goes, back up. I don't need your help, back up. I'm just trying to help, I'm just trying to help. And he's doing this, changing it within three minutes. While he's changing the tire, I thought, I'm gonna give this guy some money. I mean, this is, and I had like four ones and a 20. And in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, if I wad those ones up, it could appear like that's a lot of money. <laughs> but then I was convicted, and I thought, no, I'm going to give him the 20. So I was like, okay, God, I'll be generous. I went over. I said, sir, I'd like to give you $20. He goes, get that money away from me. That's not why I'm here. I'm here to help you. And I thought, this has got to be a spiritual being right now. There is nobody on earth that would say that. <laughs> He got back in his truck, gone. Elaine, I looked in his eyes, he said, have you ever seen such piercing blue eyes in your life? 
said that was unbelievable. Got in our van, we tried to catch up. He was gone. Now, I don't know. I don't know. But I know that that guy was an answer to prayer. And that guy came right in the nick of time for us. And God does it so often in our life. When we least expect it, that's when God does it. Look for it. Believe it. Next thing, what do angels do? Angels minister to you. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14, it says, Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? There are ministering spirits that will come and minister to us when we're at the very bottom of our lives. We saw Jesus. He was getting tempted in the wilderness. And there he was in the wilderness being tempted by Satan over and over and over. Turn that stone to bread. Jump off the mountain. Let the angels catch you. Bow to me. Bow to Satan. And Jesus fought that battle with the word of God. But when he was done with that battle, he was exhausted. He was spent. He was wore out. Have you ever felt that way? Have you felt just like, I'm just so tired of the stress. I'm so tired of the battle. I'm so tired. And what does the Bible say? An angel came and ministered to Jesus in the wilderness. We see that in Matthew chapter 4, 11. It says, then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. The word ministered in Greek is diakoneo. It means to be an attendant, to wait upon to minister as unto a friend. God sent his messenger, his ministering angel, to minister to Jesus as a friend. When you need a friend, that's when Jesus does the most miraculous things in our life. Another example was Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Knowing that he was going on the cross, knowing that he was gonna bear all of the stripes and all of the beatings, and there he was in such stress that the Bible says his sweat turned into blood drops of blood. And he said to God, God, please take this cup from me if it's possible. And then it says that an angel came and ministered to him and strengthened him. And after that angel came and strengthened Jesus, Jesus' attitude was no longer take this cup from me. His attitude was not my will, but your will be done. Jesus was there. He went through all of those things for you and for me, but yet Jesus needed a ministering angel. You know, I look back five years ago in my life, I had such loss. I was in such grief. I was in such a terrible place spiritually. I had no idea where I was going, battling depression and grief, stuck, alone, surrounded by people, but feeling all alone. And I know if it wasn't for ministering angels, I would not be here standing preaching the word of God to you today. Grab a hold of what God wants to do in you. Don't be stuck in your grief. Don't be stuck in your loss. Don't be stuck in depression. Don't be stuck in your anxiety. Trust God because God wants to minister supernatural strength to you. Because of Jesus in our life, we're overcomers. There's no weapon formed against us that's gonna prosper. We have to have confidence in knowing who God is. The forces of darkness and the forces of light are real. Understand that we do not fight for victory. We fight from victory. The battle has been won by Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. It's won. It's done. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't wrestle against each other. We don't wrestle against our neighbor that we can't stand. We don't wrestle against the weird relative that we hide from. We don't wrestle against the boss that drives us nuts. We wrestle against principalities, 
darkness and powers in the dark world. But God's not given us his fear to fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. God's given us our spiritual armor that we've got to put on every single day when the attacks come. Understand that he's given us that helmet of salvation. When the arrows are sent our way from the enemy and from people that are dark or evil and hurtful, God's given us the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, feet shod in the preparation of the gospel of peace. We have the sword of the spirit that will never return void. Read what God's word says. You need to be encouraged. Read the word of God. You need to be lifted up. Read the word of God. You need to be strengthened. Read the word of God. You need to come against darkness. Battle with the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Depend on Jesus. Love Jesus with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. Understand, we have all the tools in our armor to win the battle. So many things, oh, I just don't know what to do. I'm not gonna win, I'm gonna lose. No, you're not. You've gotta stand up. You've gotta stand strong. You've gotta know who you are in Christ. You've gotta know that God's equipped you. If God is for you, who can be against you? The weapons of the warfare are real. Understand that God's word is supernatural. We serve a supernatural God. Open your eyes to what's going on in the unseen world that is real, but understand this always. With God, we win. Greater is he that's in us. Remember that. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. We don't just win. We always win. But you've got to get up. You've got to fight. You've got to keep moving forward. You've got to keep believing God's word. You've got to keep memorizing the word. You've got to engage in your relationship with God. It doesn't just happen. You've got to engage. You've got to get up and say, God, I can't wait to what the day offers. Get on your knees, pray. You're struggling? Get in your prayer closet and put on some worship. This is how we fight our battles. We may feel like we're surrounded, but praise God, we're surrounded by you. And then you go and you do your day with a confidence that can only come from Jesus Christ, who loves you, who will never leave you, never forsake you. King of kings, Lord of lords, the person we're gonna walk, talk with for eternity in heaven, aren't you glad this is not it? We have eternity to look forward to, but we have a life that God's word promises that he wants us to live, not just a normal life, but a life that's abundant. To live a life abundantly in every area of our life, in our marriage, with our kids, in our finances, in our workplace, in our neighborhood, with our families that are outside of our immediate family. They'll look at your life and see the abundant life that you're living, to see the joy of the Lord being your strength. When the enemy comes in like a flood, raise up the standard of righteousness and the evil one will flee in Jesus' name. Trust God, believe in him for miracles in your life. He's supernatural and God's just getting started for you. Can you say amen? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes today. Father, we thank you for who you are. You are good, you're powerful, you're strong, you're mighty, you're always there for us. Today, for those that are discouraged, I pray you would cover them. You would heal broken hearts, you would mend where there's broken areas, where there's regret, where there's shame. I pray that you would remove that shame in the name of Jesus right now. Father, we are righteous because we stand in your righteousness. We're righteous because you're righteousness. And we just praise you today. With every head bowed and every eye closed, we're gonna dismiss.
But before we do, let me ask you this. Here we are at the end of this series, The Unseen World. And I know that the Holy Spirit has been tugging at some of your hearts. If God's for you, who can be against you? You see, he wants to walk with you. He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. But you see, followers of Christ are just that. They've dedicated their lives to Jesus Christ. They've allowed Christ to come into their heart. They've given their life to a Savior that's not just going to save the world and mankind. It's going to save you personally. Do you know him? Do you love him? Do you have real relationship with him? Because today, if you don't, you can. He's right here with his arms outstretched for you. And when I count to three, when I just... I just want to pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you up. But when I count to three, if that's you, you want to make that decision today, or maybe you want to come back to that relationship you once had, I want you just to raise your hand. When I see it, put it down. Look at me in the eyes, because I pray for you. I want you to know that I pray for everyone that does this week in and week out. But this is a moment you'll never forget, this moment. You and Jesus. One, hands are already going up. Two, three. God bless you. I see your hand and yours. Will you raise it up high so I can see you? God bless you. I see your hand and yours up there. I see your hand up top. God bless you. Coming across, I see your hand and yours and yours and yours. Couples raise their hand. God bless you. I see your hand and yours. Coming across to this front, see your hands over here. God bless you, ma'am. It's a new day. It's a new day. I see your hand and yours. I see your hands. God bless you guys. I see your hand and yours and yours. God bless you. I see your hand and yours. God bless you. Hands all over today. God's moving at Countryside. Come on, church. Can we all pray together for the sake of those that raise their hand today? Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I thank you for what you did for me on the cross. You gave your life so that I might have life. Today, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I forgive, I, I repent of my wrongs. And I accept you as my Lord, my Savior, my God, my best friend, King of kings, Lord of lords, my Father, my Savior, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless you, church. It's always a joy to see you on Sundays. What a family we have here at Countryside. Don't forget, if you signed up or you need to sign up, North Lobby for Flannel Fest. But if you signed up for Trunk or Treat, please drop that off. I love you, church. Pastor Tim's got your blessing right now. Would you please stand to receive your blessing? And would the prayer team please come forward? We also have some fresh start experts here that will be able to answer your questions. If you raised your hand, you just want a fresh start with God for any reason, please come speak to them. So raise your hearts now to receive this blessing. May the Lord send his ministering angels to minister to you this week. May the Holy Spirit direct the heavenly host to do battle for you. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a wonderful day.